Hello, everyone. Welcome to what is officially Currency Podcast 120. The goal of the Currency Podcast is to validate proof-of-word cryptocurrencies, validate content-created currencies, raise awareness for creator audience dual ownership projects, reduce the pressure that AI-generated images place on human artistry, and decrease the gap between the worlds of fiat and cryptocurrency. The Currency Podcast stipulates that three of its episodes will be tokenized by NFTs available for purchase on OpenSea.io. The episodes tokenized are the three removed from YouTube for violating community guidelines while episodes were still being created. Vaccine hesitant, R asterisk tarded, and bad. These NFTs will have a large supply so that their collection simulates a cryptocurrency and opening prices will be low. The Currency Podcast and its creator retain the option to tokenize more episodes than the original three in the future. This will only be done if it's determined that an increase in supply would benefit owners of the original three tokens. Opening prices for all newly minted NFTs will vary depending on perceived demand. Ownership of an NFT doesn't designate ownership of the tokenized episode. However, the collection of currency podcast NFTs is an alternate means of ownership of the podcast that has the potential of being the most valuable form of ownership of the podcast into the future. This previous sentence is not an official stipulation, but an attempt to describe how NFTs themselves operate. The single unit of supply for the currency podcast is called the DOLO. D-O-L-O. For example, if the supply of NFTs for vaccine hesitant is 90,000, and the, the supply for bad is 425, and someone owns seven vax hesitants and five bads for a total of 12, they own 12 dolos. This designation creates a price per unit, the same as other cryptocurrencies, giving the dolo the chance to be officially listed at some point in the future. 5% of all original sales of each NFT will go to the Fiverr artist who created the NFT. This is to support human artists against the influx into the market of AI-generated images. So, I'll, I'll explain what that means during the course of this episode. The purpose of the Currency Podcast, um, it's, like a, it's like a Patreon so I'll make NFTs available and um, the same as a Patreon, as the audience, you can contribute to this project that I make because I'm selling NFTs and then um, if somebody buys them, I get the money for that. But also you retain potential value of like ownership of the podcast uh, in the future, like in the event that these things became popular or more desirable than they are now. Um, so it's largely like the value of the NFT. Like, obviously it's not likely that, the, that they'll have value, but you're throwing your money away if you contribute to Patreon. Um, with this, you have the potential, you retain the NFT. Um, nah, not that like, I mean, whatever. There are NFTs that are being made available that are tokenizing the episodes of the podcast. It's mostly just for fun.
and it's uh yeah it's basically like a patreon and this is a cryptocurrency but the it's like as it stands now people don't see nfts to be the same as cryptocurrencies um an nft is is basically like a cryptocurrency if you increase its supply and within like the last year OpenSea has made it available to increase the supply of any nft you're selling to whatever number that you want and so this is confusing to people because nfts are non-fungible tokens so they're supposed to be non-fungible uh on you're supposed to only be able to create one of them however as it turns out it's not really like it's not really like that for certain you actually don't have to put limits on it like that the so like what i'm selling is um a supply of nfts technically but they are um it's a it's a new option that actually most people don't use like most people are selling single nfts what i'm doing is increasing awareness for like nft cryptocurrency crossovers but the an nft is already a cryptocurrency it's just a crypto with a supply of one and so what i'm doing is making an nft crypto cryptocurrency but um this episode serves to explain that my podcast is a crossover between a fiat and a cryptocurrency because fiat in latin means let it be or let there be or let it be done fiat like let there be this thing let it be done that this currency exists that's what it means for a fiat currency and this podcast i make is uh really technically speaking is a fiat currency because it's a let there be like me i'm speaking it into action and i'm saying officially let this currency exist this one that i made and so it's a it's a fiat it's a fiat currency already and i'm the i'm the person who's authorizing it to be a currency because that's the point of fiat currencies is that they're authorized by like a government uh that that it is a fiat currency it's dependent on commands made by the the entity claiming ownership over it so it's like the u.s government owns the they they dictate that the dollar is current um like it's determined within the u.s government like technically it's it's really determined by the rest of the world it's not really determined by the u.s government what the value of the dollar is but that it exists or that there is ownership over the dollar that's decide that's the U.S. government owns it, and they own it because it's a fiat currency that they they are declaring is brought into existence. But it's like to have a fiat currency, you need a declarer of it, somebody standing behind it. For the dollar, that's the U.S. government. For the for whatever the Azerbaijani franc or whatever their thing is, the Azerbaijani government decides let let it be that this currency exists um that's the way that 
fiat currencies are. That's that's it. That's the way. It's a it's a command of of authorization fiat. Let there be like, and it is something. It's like spoken into existence by the en entity that owns it. But the difference between uh, let me let me hit this pot here. Really, this is very official, and I I know all of these things as a matter of fact, um, as you well know, but the it's just that the difference between a crypto and a fiat is that cryptocurrencies tell you up front that they're encrypted fiat currencies tell you up front that they are a let there be currency that's what fiat means but a cryptocurrency goes in this other direction it's this different genre of currency that is like oh it, this is encrypted and so the question is, what's the difference between a let there be currency and an encrypted currency? The difference is basically this. For a fiat currency, if you invest your money into that, like you invest your money into US dollars versus another currency, the euros or, or a crypto like Bitcoin. Uh, well, I'll just say Bitcoin as an example. If you invest your money into dollars versus Bitcoin, you're investing with dollars you are outsourcing your ownership for the currency to a different centralized entity entity that declares that that currency has relevance or that it exists you're outsourcing ownership to an entity that has already proven itself to be a worthy owner in the real world like the u.s government has gained a lot of respect on the world stage in order to empower the 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 currency that it has related to itself and the currency is really a reflection of that the united states is current in the world um so if you invest in dollars you're you're saying that ownership for like ownership should be somebody else's responsibility with a cryptocurrency you you own it you retain the right of ownership because what's at the heart of a cryptocurrency is a computer program that's written and like to most people that is encrypting encrypted because we can't they can't read a computer program first of all um second of all like it's just, it's like a language written to a computer or like spoken by a computer so it's like there are people who know the language or or potentially but for most people it's like highly encrypted but that's not really the most important part of it being encrypted um it's uh so it's like the the th the thing that creates bitcoin is like a computer program but if you buy some bitcoin what you're buying is access to the computer program essentially um because you're buying some of the bitcoin what you are buying is access to the secrets of what makes bitcoin what it is and Essentially, the depths of those secrets are it's like you you retain ownership of the Bitcoin. You have access to the program that creates the Bitcoin. Like owning Bitcoin is kind of like owning the program that created it because the program is peer to peer. And this is the like the main significant functional advantage 
of a cryptocurrency is that it's a peer-to-peer program so it's like available to everybody ownership of it is available to everybody it works like a word does like the word uh understandable anybody can use the word understandable to describe any situation they want it's an open source peer-to-peer transacted thing that everybody uses for free if they have it if they want to have it uh in their in their repertoire you can do the same with cryptocurrencies uh, you buy Bitcoin, you have access to, like the program that creates Bitcoin, like is is sort of the Bitcoin, but um, that's the secret, and it's really like, um, so, and that's so people say like you, you are the bank or whatever, with cryptocurrency, um, like uh. What it does for you is that it makes you the owner. And so the question is, is fiat currency better than cryptocurrency or whatever? Um, I believe cryptocurrency is better because um, it depends on what you think the future is going to look like. Uh, but here's why cryptocurrency is better. It's, it's because it makes you more current than if you own money in a fiat currency because a fiat currency is not dictated by you bitcoin and its ownership is dictated by the people who own it so automatically upon owning it owning some bitcoin you're taking part in the ownership of it or like it's its existence or that it is relevant or current is is decided on by people buying it and you're just like part of that automatically if you invest in dollars you're saying i don't want ownership of it but it's like before cryptocurrency the most relevant way to stay relevant was invest your dollars in uh in a fiat currency but since the game we're talking about here is currency uh there's fiat currency fiat is a descriptor of currency it's a it's a kind of money and crypto is a descriptor of currency as well and it's a it's a kind of money also, but the game is what, what one makes you the most current and, uh, the fact of the matter is that you are more relevant if you are maintaining your own ownership in your assets and your money. Um, and it makes you more, Uh, it makes you more current to to own money in the face of uh, like a giant corporate entity, a centralized entity that owns the money that you're investing in. If they have all of the ownership, they are more relevant than you are over your assets, your money. And you're plugging it into this separate, this uh, centralized entity that owns it, you're relinquishing ownership of it. What makes you more current is if you if is if you make the statement to say I, I am current. Uh, it makes you more current and more relevant if you can represent yourself um, in the face of large corporate corporatized entities. But it it sort of depends on you. Do you if you believe that 
decentralization of all kinds of things will happen more and more into the future. But um, this is generally with the way that the world is going is that it is seeding seeding control to individuals. Individuals are gaining more and more control over their own creations and their own narratives. We see this with the deterioration of centralized media and, and whatever. If you believe that that's going on, um, to me, it's fairly obvious there's a massive decentralizing trend, a trend to uh, reward individuals for their efforts. It's easier for individuals through through cryptocurrency that's the that's the guess this is what people think but um you you're more current if you if you retain ownership over whatever um whatever that you own because it's not it's just it's like not really natural to Fiat currencies are less natural than cryptocurrencies is the thing because and and it's that cryptocurrencies tell you up front there's a cryptocurrency and it's sort of a joke um and this joke makes people not want to invest in it it turns people off to it it's kind of like conspiracy theory um It's kind of like the the word conspiracy theory or the idea, which um, conspiracy theory a lot of people are turned off to it just because they don't want to think about what's going on on the other side of that, with all the conspiracy theorists. But it's like all of the people that don't believe in conspiracy theory, they basically put all of the conspiracy theorists in one giant conspiracy. If, if you don't want to do conspiracy theory, you're looking at conspiracy theorists saying they're all in some conspiracy together. And it's the same with cryptocurrency, basically, is that the people that don't want to involve themselves in crypto at all look at cryptocurrency users and say those people are all in one giant conspiracy. But it's really like um, these people are refusing the best options available to them to maintain relevance uh like stuff like this like conspiracy theory is destroying mainstream narratives uh by presenting that there are very many alternate possibilities there are very many different ways of describing how life is transpiring or whatever but if you're on the outside of conspiracy you're afraid of all of that basically you just don't get the joke um and not getting a joke of something that's maintained by like a really large group of people will prevent will hinder your ability to be relevant but especially cryptocurrency something that literally dictates something about your relevance um like there's a lot of people that become more irrelevant as long as they refuse as long as you refuse to recognize the presence of conservatives or like people that like Trump, it's kind of like refusing to accept that Trump got elected or whatever, like want, continuing to wanting to live in a world where he didn't get elected and it's still like the Obama years and the liberal America that's 
uh, hypothesized, presented, put forward by like the CNN and MSNBCs of the world. Like the way that CNN wants it to be that we live in this liberal America and like every election was supposed to be liberal after Obama or whatever. But like if you want to keep living in that world, you are um, hindering your ability to be relevant by by saying the Peppy the Frog people are always shitty. But it's like the Peppy the Frog people, it's a they're on the side of these jokes where it's like those people are on the other side of conspiracy theory where they are willing to deal in conspiracy theory and probably many of them are willing to deal in cryptocurrency as well but it's like that's what the joke is is um it's a joke that's played on people that are too afraid of the way that things look or the way that things sound like cryptocurrency everybody who's participating in that they're participating in like secrets or something that's hidden like cryptocurrency doesn't sound great up front because it sounds like there's something untoward going on behind the scenes it's the same with cryptocurrency but it's kind of like it's a joke that's presented to people who are too afraid of the way that things look on the surface the way that they sound like the way that a word sounds like uh when you're not being pc or whatever there's this such a large group of people in the country that are afraid of the way that something looks enough that they're not even they're they're just going to be completely outside of conspiracy theory but they're like in in the long run it hurts them because they're the joke is being played on them ultimately um But it's like that with cryptocurrency, just the upfront word of it, crypto. It's uh, that versus fiat. You would probably say like, oh, fiat sounds better because that just says let there be than crypto. Um, like crypto would be scarier to invest in, you would think. But I think that that's it's mostly just because that's it's sort of a joke because money is more of a joke than people give it credit for. People should recognize that money is a joke and when a government entity takes control of exchange like and says that it falls under this name or under this category like the euro, the euro is just a categorizer for value that exists in the world. And that value is always circulating like exchange and trade was going on ever since civilization started happening for people they started trading shit and uh long before we created all like all of the fiat currencies that exist today there are different names for the trade but eventually in the world it uh arose all of these governments that are trying to take control over value itself um but it's like the u.s dollar is just a category of value that you can put your money in or and then you can exchange it out of that category into a different fiat currency if you want but it's it's really unnatural that uh anybody would come along and say we have ownership over value it's like based on these parameters like when it is when it's five of this when it's in you're investing it into this over here into this category it's called dollars but then it changes names if you exchange it into a different category the categories are ultimately arbitrary also fiat currencies have a lifespan similar to that of fortune 500 companies where they actually 
cease to exist more quickly and more frequently than people understand them to be usually like if you invest in dollars you can anticipate that it's uh that your money will be safe in dollars for for a while but even with dollars there's threat now of them getting rid of that and saying that the u.s this currency is like a digital currency and at the point that you make it digital and not fiat anymore then you have to change the name and at the point you change the name then you end the currency itself so it's like so you would have to take your money out of dollars and put it into this digital currency likely um and the digital currency would likely have a different name and so at the point that you create a new currency that's a new thing that you're having to sell to the rest of the world and you're expecting the the world to continue to perceive it to be really important or whatever um but it's like this happens all across the world in different countries their previous currency ended and then they reformatted under a different name but at a point the point you give it a different name the original one ended and i'm just saying this to explain that a fiat currency is entirely dependent on the name um i mean all all currencies cryptocurrencies are also they're all just categories where it's dependent on the name but um I will continue to hit hit this golf ball that I'm hitting here. Oh, that one's pretty close. Got it within a foot. But uh, crypto, it's just that fiat is kind of a, it's, it's somebody saying they have ownership and or that's what fiat is. But crypto is just telling you something different about currency. Like the the money is already circulating. It's already going around. And um, for anybody to say that they have ownership is already unnatural. What's a more, more natural way of explaining it is like, it, the people exchanging the money should have ownership over it anyway. It's not it's not natural for these giant corporate entities to come in and say we have ownership over this huge section of value. It's under our name. Um, that makes less sense. What makes more sense is somebody telling you up front that money is encrypted because all money is encrypted um, anyway. But it's... I would say it's less of a less of a trick that you would call a cryptocurrency because you're telling people up front that, that it's encrypted, but that's most for a lot of people that just turns them off because it scares them away from it. But like a let it be currency is just a fake line created by some entity that's saying like, oh we have we have control, let it be. It's like a and it's a command. They're commanding that this is true. It's like a it's like a spell or an invocation, um, maybe. But basically, the reason crypto is better is just because it's you retain ownership. Everybody who has a Bitcoin has the encrypted program that makes it what it is. The encrypted program for the dollar is essentially whatever makes the U.S. government what it is. So it's kind of like the Constitution and the collection of all of those uh, 
in the National Archives, like all those important, the collection of all those important documents kind of sets America to be what it is. And so it's like a, it's a proof of word currency, just the government is. Um, I'd say the Bible is kind of like a fiat currency. It's, and it does, it starts out with like, let there be. Um, but it's like, so proof of word, like cryptocurrencies are, they retain their value through like proof of something. Most of them are like, a lot of them are proof of stake or like where stakeholders create what proves it to be a cryptocurrency. I'm saying you can make a cryptocurrency just uh, proof of word, which is what I'm just through things that you say, or like content creation. You can do that and call it a cryptocurrency if you want, because they're, we're just heading for this bullshit world where you can just like, ah, I imagine it as this, and then it's created as this. But like for a traditional cryptocurrency, it's based on a computer program. This is also, what I'm doing is also a program. And the collection of all of my statements are, it's the, it's the program that's being enacted and that I'm setting into motion the same as if it was a computer program. Like, you don't need to be talking to a computer in order to uh, create, create one of these. But it's, also, it's not like, it's not really complicated to do. I'm, I'm just throwing in this additional thing. And I, it's, I've made some anti-church statements during the course of the podcast. It's like, I didn't intend to make this like anti-church podcast or anything. It's just like, maybe I said some things against Christianity and then I just kept going or whatever. I mean, that's just what was on my mind to say. And I sat through like thousands of sermons in my life and those were all pro-church. And so I don't see as that some negative church content would really do. A, I mean, the Christian church can resist that. There's no damage I would ever be able to do to the Christian church on my own, really, anyway. Um, it's just a response I'm making after sitting through lots of sermons. I gotta say something in return, maybe. I guess that's one way of looking at it. Other projects, I'm, I'm gonna reformat. Re reformat, I'm, I'm just gonna not do podcast episodes anymore. What I'm gonna do is buy the new PGA Tour game and um, the, like, it's like Tiger Woods 2023 or something, and do the career mode on that and just release YouTube videos of me playing the career mode. And as part of my, just, they're just going to be Twitch streams. I'm just going to have a Twitch and contribute to that. So follow me on Twitch. I'm going to play this, I'm going to play the new golf game and I'm going to uh, Twitch, Twitch stream Rocket League as I play Rocket League. Um... Also, in the future, I'm going to start making TikTok sounds, and I'm going to tokenize those sounds in, in as NFTs. Because you can actually tokenize a sound as an NFT um, and not need an image. So I'm going to create my own sounds and then offer them on TikTok for people to put on their TikToks. And then uh, like I'll make them, I'll make electronic music is probably be like pop music 
in sounds, not song. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'll make the sound and then I'll tokenize the sound so the sound will be available for ownership and then potentially I will use those sounds which are probably going to be like, I don't know, like 40 second clips, like whatever length of sound, whatever length of sound you'd find on TikTok, which is probably like 30 seconds to a minute. And uh, I will make the sound available for ownership, but the sound I will possibly incorporate those in singles that I release on my own in the future. Uh, so I'm creating value through these sounds that I'm going to make. Um, and I don't deal well with images. I'm not great with visuals just in, in person, just in real life. Um, this podcast is me protesting against images, the surface world. And in the previous episode, I was called critic. I was making the point that like Christians are critics. Um, really, you don't have to be, there's a lot of people in the world that are also critics, people that don't identify as Christians. Critics are critics. Additionally, there's a lot of people that are critics, but critics are anybody who's trying to bring you to the surface, reduce you to images and judgments critiques, labels. The label is the surface surface level thing. The thing that goes on the outer layer of who the entirety of who you are. Like judgments, people that want that look at thing, things you do and then try to reduce you to the single things that you did evidentially out in the world on the surface rather than respect the deeper and deeper levels of your humanity. And this is this podcast is the perspective of somebody you should understand who doesn't deal well with visuals or the surface whatever so naturally i'm just kind of railing in opposition to that and i see it as that christians are critical people like this they're surface level people um but you don't it doesn't have to be christians it's just there are a lot of critics that are like this liberals I would say are better with images, but it's like in, in real life, I might be different or unique. I have something to offer that's unique, but visually I don't really look any different or sound any different from anybody else. Like the, the way that I present myself in videos or even just the openings of my video when I start talking is often not attractive on the surface. Uh, just because this is naturally I don't I don't produce the opening visuals like the opening might not be necessarily attractive because visually on the surface I I probably just blend in with what you look what I look like I just blend in with anybody else like beyond that uh, it might be something different but it's that's just really uh, that's just the way that I live out my life is that thing i don't live in the world that i see i live in a world that i'm like thinking about like literally i'm in a i'm not very observant i don't live in the world that's like right in front of my face or like reality and it's uh like critics Hmm, what was I trying to say? I wanted to mention that the... It's like I can't create the 
I, I should go to somebody else for images because I don't do that well. That's why I'm not creating those because I could not possibly make anything good in graphic design. And it's better to, it has more chance of being valuable if it's an image or whatever, but the images will be related to the episode. And it doesn't like, it doesn't mean it's the episode, but just people can sort of perceive it to be that as time goes on possibly or whatever but um like joe rogan is i feel like he might naturally be more of a radio guy like there's something in depth about him beyond the surface but like on the surface he kind of blends in or he's kind of basic like you would think that he is somebody who's good with visuals just because of how popular he became. But I I think he owes that to the fact that he's able to surround himself with people that are good at uh, visuals or good at creating thumbnails um, of his clips and good at creating titles for the clips of his episodes or whatever. Uh, because he's more of like a radio person. But I would say that because... I think ultimately if you want to make fun of that guy, you make fun of his clothing. That's what he's insecure about. I've watched clips of his stand-up like for a long time. Like I was watching them probably when I was 12 or 13, clips of Joe Rogan's stand-up. Like I've I've seen what this guy's up to. And basically you could make fun of him for the clothes he's wearing and he would feel insecure about that. But uh, maybe nothing else. I don't know. I think that that's, that's something that would be surprising to people. Is that he, he, would, he would feel bad about if you made fun of his clothes. But nothing else, really. Because he's, like, doesn't have a totally firm grip on visuals because he deals in, like, conspiracy theory and aliens and whatever shit that you don't see. Just to mention something about Joe Rogan in this episode, I don't don't really know why. I'm I uh, I guess I just thought that people might find that interesting. This thing that I claim to know, but like I. Uh, But then I'm making these sounds on the side just to tell you I am a real artist. I'm not, I don't have to rely on these Fiverr artists. And it's like uh, Fiverr doesn't have a tremendous reputation or whatever, but that they're just human artists. I could have gone to AI to generate them and gotten them for free. But So I pay for the thing from the Fiverr artist and then I get, I receive full ownership of the picture that they make. I, I ask for it. I t I'm going to tell them what to make. Um, so it'll be my inspiration, but I didn't draw it, draw it. And the Fiverr artist gets, gets me the thing I wanted and then I own it. So I don't have to give them any funding after that, but I'll let them know up front that I want to give them 5% of the sales because they would deserve 5% of it anyway, at least. <laughs> I'm actually jipping them. They're getting jipped, but I mean, not... Not really. 
I and I'm I'm saying this from the perspective of like, oh, what if what if in a world where all of these things were valuable? But I like to do a sort of Andy Kaufman kind of thing where up front I give people the wrong impression or like make it look attract unattractive somewhat purposefully. Um, not that I'm doing that to try to be like Andy Kaufman. I didn't really know that that's a way that you could describe it. I didn't I didn't know who Andy Kaufman was until recently. But it's like uh, give people the wrong impression up front or maybe try to get in a fight with your audience. Like be unattractive publicly. I guess that's kind of what Andy Kaufman was was up to. But it's, it's like the upfront image of how I look, it's probably, I'm maybe more likely to make it look like it's bad than that it's good. I'm like Andy Kaufman, that's how talented I am. But, like, um, so, so during this podcast, I, it's been a, it's been a long journey. Um, You can just you can determine whatever you think is important about it, I guess. I'm just maybe recapping things I talked about. I talked about my dog a lot and how much I didn't like him when I did have him and I no longer have that dog and so I got rid of him and it's like fiat fiat let there be. It's important to let there be. I'm trying to overcome a relationship I have to money where maybe I I don't feel ambitious enough to make sure I try to make money off of something. This isn't the best way of going about like making money off something, but it's a it's an attempt at it. And I have made I've made some money off of the podcast just from where I hosted on Anchor, and all of my ads are removed now. That's not because of that's not because of the anti ad that I placed. Um, like a few days ago, a few days ago I recorded a different ad. That was raunchier. And my my listenership went up dramatically right after I did that, interestingly enough. But it was it's just because there's only two days left before they Spotify was gonna Spotify came in and took ownership of Anchor and changed the rules. So they're like, you have to have an audience of a hundred in order to make money. Thank you, Spotify. That's really helpful. It's like YouTube, YouTube bullshits me every, every day that I have my videos up there. They, they really bullshit the people who create the content and make them great. They really have no respect for the content creators does YouTube. Uh, they especially have no respect for the lower level people or somebody trying to make it. They make it impossible for them. In my experience, it's just my honest experience. My dad was nice enough to leave a comment in one of my videos and YouTube removed it um, without saying anything to me. I go in and I manually, and they make me manually choose allow all comments on every single episode with no option to remember that this is my choice because they don't want people to leave comments or something that might make it so that this thing I'm doing is popular or whatever, probably because I have like a couple guideline strikes. But 
uh, they they removed this comment that my dad made as far as anybody could see it publicly, and he told me that he could still see it on his computer, but it's like it's gone publicly on any other computer, and it wouldn't surprise me if, I mean they're just like they would be pulling bullshit like that. They're they're it. I often get a notice that a comment was le left on my video, and then I go to look at the comment and it's gone because YouTube is just filtering out my comments without saying anything to me about it. Um, and based on the user interaction, like the amount of comments I get, this, this project is a commercial failure. It's not a, it's not a good business decision for me to keep making this. Um, I'm just doing this fun thing, like turn it into a cryptocurrency, whatever. And people, now my audience has, and I have the opportunity to make, make some money off of it. Um. But like I said, it's not it's not meant to be anti-church. It's just like a re response I make of the church. There's a lot of other th things that I'm describing during it. Um, it's about it's about currency and the difference between fiat and cryptocurrency. And it's like to raise awareness for cryptocurrency to talk about it. Um, but I or or whatever it. Or whatever other collection of horrible things I said, like horrible. I I just I I look at the collection of like thumbnails in the YouTube algorithm, and I just think about how horrible it is. The, this world that I'm living in, that I'm looking at this, there it probably flashes through a number of people's minds these same sentiments. Um, but that's I'm just viewing the world like that a lot. Like it's. It's very horrible, but it's like it gives me peace or it, I like to go back to that, that how shitty all of this is, the world, how horrible it is, arriving at any individual place to do anything. Um, it's just treacherous, but like, uh, I don't know. It they're Like, uh, I think when things are really horrible, though, what is scary to me about the world is just like, critics um people that make fun of you that's what is not fun about the world and i think that a lot of people don't like to mention it uh or people like to act like nobody is making fun of them anymore past a certain age like once you're old enough people don't make fun of you or it's like nobody nobody can actually get to you but it's like it's really, um, it's really kind of like always like that in the world all the time is that people are making fun of you. Um, everybody's trying to be current and you, people use different labels to be current. Some people think that being the label is what makes you current. I think that you would go wrong to do that. It's like, uh, what, what makes you current? How do you avoid where uh like oh the world passed you by or like technology like the kids these days are all so internet savvy i could never be as relevant as that or whatever um like i think what makes you current is doing things actively the way that currency is the way the money is already in motion like money is already in motion it's like a government coming along and saying we own this thing that's already moving around already circulating is uh it's it's stupid to 
pretend that you a government would say let it be current when it's already current it's money is already in motion shit is already in motion i think that you already that you will gain a major advantage in being current over other people as long as you like are an active participant in things rather than a consumer like i think that you have an advantage or a better chance at being current if you make a podcast than if you're like sitting around just consuming entertainment all the time and it doesn't have to be making a podcast just like anything being being involved in local clubs doing shit or just hanging out with lots of people doing things actively in the world makes you current i would describe this as exformation in comparison to information you can't just sit around gaining information all the time like sitting on your computer all the time you need the same as you need to exhale you need uh x forming of information or um a chance to puke back out information that you've received uh like i feel like the only antidote to too much information is like doing something in the world that x formation x formation describes nebulous or amorphous uh things like uh giving or granting yourself the opportunity to go in very many different directions rather than being informed with specific bits of knowledge like exformation is you're doing something in the world you don't know how it's going to go like a conversation with somebody is is x formed like it's a free form because you're improv like you're just saying whatever it's important to have a high certain amount of exformation in your life to combat information but uh like i think that you're current as long as you're in motion a lot the way that the way the money is um not that it would make you internet savvy but that's just to say like an 80 year old who didn't grow up with the internet it doesn't make them irrelevant just because they don't know the internet what makes them irrelevant is that they can't walk or something um no that's not what i mean like what would make you irrelevant as an 80 year old is if you think you have to subscribe to a set of images that people think an 80 year old ought to look like like if you have to become the grandpa and like then and just like try to perform to that role try to perform to a set of descriptions you've heard about it in the past or whatever if like anytime you're trying to perform to a label i think you're becoming more irrelevant because what's more relevant is just because it's more stagnant when you are you have to be stuck in singular instances singular images like that it's more in motion if you're just if you're who you are that is that's just free form like that's just Im improv if you think you have to kind of like look a certain way i think that this that's always what makes you not current i think i don't really I mean, I don't know for certain or anything. It just seems to me like if you're doing things actively, you're not going to care about all that bullshit. Like you're not going to get sidetracked with all of this label critical bullshit where you think you have to look a certain way to be relevant. It's not really that. Uh, I mean, if you just live in a world where you're ignoring that debate, you could probably help yourself out. Um, but I'm just during the podcast, I'm bringing up the different descriptors that people have and people maintain their relevance through different identities. And what's scary is critics to me, 
people who try to bring you to the surface. And I think in the world we live in now, centralized narratives are going away, either from media entities or from movies. Like, I think for a long time, movies and TV set a standard that allowed people to act a certain way in accordance with the way that people act in movies and TV. And as, as we um, perceive less respect in like actors or something, or just movies ability, like relevance, whatever that, like a movie, any movie that comes out now is not a phenomenon anymore or whatever. It's not like the big, like the big thing that Hollywood pumped out or whatever. Um, it's just that standard that movies created, like it's a, it made it so that there's a certain way that people should act and people were looking to like politics and shit for like, there's a code of conduct that's what people people look to conservative or liberal for is that like this gives it this makes us that i have a standard of conduct that i act in accordance with these rules people are always looking for that as uh something that'll take the blame for their what they act what they're acting out and that's that's everything that's that's any drug i would say that that's a, a drug is like that anything you're using to take the blame for what you would otherwise be doing but like people use movies for a long time because we had we were more given over to centralized narratives or there a movie could come out that like uh, everybody in the culture knows this movie or, or whatever so like w acting in it this way is plausible or like people understand that especially if it was a popular movie so it's like in that world of centralized narratives pop culture was more of a thing or is more centralized where people could make jokes about pop culture and like that's their whole sense of humor like references to pop culture that's dying out because nobody know there's too many things now that you're not gonna m make a, everybody understand what you're saying by referencing it like references are dead basically but even better which is great development but even better than that is like people who maintain their sense of humor through like making pop culture references thank god that that's going out the window um but they're uh centralized so we're deconstructing narratives the narratives are more just peer-to-peer -peer or given to every individual person and in that world um in that world, the um, in that world that I'm talking about, you're kind of just relying more on people around you to tell you feedback for yourself, and it's kind of like more you're facing a world where now you have to recognize the presence of critics for real, uh, because I think you have to rely on people around you in person to person for what the narrative is or like to check up on yourself more now that there aren't centralized narratives as much to help you guard against that. But like, I'm talking about the liberal media, CNN and whatever for the last 20 years, they've been 
relevant or they've been decreasingly relevant but for very many years they got by telling people that they're real just by repeating the same things over and over again like it might sound weird at first but then they keep saying it and then it becomes true like the like the trump trump russia collusion sounds weird at first but cnn just pounds it home over and over and over again until like their audience or a certain percentage of the country thinks that this is real because CNN keeps saying it or whatever. And that's like, that's a tactic that they use. Um, but uh, so like CNN and all those bullshit or news centralized news agencies are going out the window, but it's really like their audience didn't go anywhere. And those people are now you're just relying on individual people around you. And a lot of those people are like, liberals or something and so it's like the whatever i would uh lambast about the liberal media now it still exists like i can get we can try to get rid of cnn but it's the energy behind that doesn't leave because now because their their audience still exists and so there's a lot of people that are like liberals or and if it's not liberals um just I'm relating it to like the yeah they're kind of like liberals like people who are better with the images the way that things look versus like radio people conservatives conspiracy theorists who just like to go down the rabbit hole um what i'm saying is that and this the difference is uh that i more want to communicate is collectivists versus individuals socialists versus capitalists people who are more socialist or think that everybody should agree or think that being progressive means everybody being on the same page or say believing in the same things and a just uh believing in reality believing in science things that are obvious uh because obviously we all want to do good and obviously we all are or it's like as if there's some obvious explanation for what is good. Or it's like it's progressive to think that uh, that good is objective rather than subjective. Like good isn't determined by an individual. It's just like we all agree. It's like people who think everybody should be seen as the same are like socialists or or liberals or collectivists. Uh, surf are like surface level people critics. And people who think we should all be the same, as long as we're living in this world where we're just relying on feedback in order for, like, like you have to rely on what people are telling you in order to correct something or, like, make a change. It's necessary. It's necessary to listen to other people and hear their feedback. That's always important. It's just that, like, um, if, if you hear the same critique over and over and over again, it doesn't mean that it's true. Um... Like, you would think that that's your, now you have to respond to that by making that change in your life that all of these people are saying, or whatever. Like, you can be judged as this, potentially. I'm just saying a warning to anybody. Like, if you hear the same critique over and over, like, the exact same one, and especially if you find that it, there's, you can't do anything with it that it'll help you out. Like, it is not evidentially constructive, um, I think there's a strong possibility that that critique is just 
the repetition of like liberal people who are all on the same page and are just in the business of bringing up popular critiques of of you or of anybody like there will be a popular way to criticize you and like they're like um it doesn't it's just like there's a lot of people that want to bring up a popular criticism or 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 whatever but it's like there's a lot of people that are on the same page people or people who just want you to be the same as everybody else. And so when people come at you with criticisms, there's a lot of people that are literally doing it because they don't like, not that they don't like you, possibly because they don't, but because they are not like you, they're just naturally trying to make you the same as them make you more definable and controllable, bring you to the surface, try to get you on judgments. And so like the point of what I'm saying is like critics, critics aren't scary, but the ones that are scary are scary. There's, there's a lot, like, I feel like half the people are mean when they criticize you and their, their critiques are just meant to reduce you to images and fuck you up. Um, like, and that's kind of what's scary about things in in general is that that's literally happening and um like you can't you have to accept it you have to you have to accept critiques that are thrown your way and like inevitably you'll accept critiques that just make you more of an image or more of a criticized version of yourself which isn't helpful to you. And I think like that's, that's what's scary is like when you were reducing your humanity to like words, that's when life gets scary. That's what's scary to me. But people don't really voice the scariness of this because a lot of people just like to imagine that nobody gets made fun of past the age of 23 or something. Um, you can go into avenues of life where you buy, are immune to this like if you're if you're like part of a religion where everything is automatically good or something but it's like uh i'm saying if you hear the same critique over and over again it doesn't necessarily mean that's like oh you need to make this change because there are some critiques that do you do need to make a change or something like there's a lot of things that are helpful to you but it's like tony hinchcliffe so one of my favorite figure favorite comedians of all time. He has a podcast called Kill Tony, and Kill Tony just serves to ridicule everybody on Kill Tony ruthlessly, including Tony, including his guests and, and uh, the comedians that he interviews. He he makes his name by making fun of people all day. But it's like uh, to me, Tony could make fun of people all day, and it's not that's not scary at all because just because of who he is. Uh, because he's nice about it, I I would deem it to be. Ultimately, he's being nice about it. But it's like, uh, it depends on who's criticizing you completely. There are people that they could criticize me all day and it wouldn't matter because they're just being nice about it. But then there's the people that are just like, who don't like you or aren't like you. Just remember that there are a lot of people that don't like you. Um, the world is horrible and, and whatever. But I mean like... Uh, like literally people don't, there are people that don't like you. And I think that 
like liberal people like to admit, pretend that they they do like you. They're trying, but um, that's that's ambiguous. I'm getting into ambiguities. Uh, I just wanted to mention that I think I said like oh the Bible is like a fiat currency. It's proof of word. The Bible is very encrypted because it has a collection of a ton of analogies and parables and stories that like people through the ages have created thousands of interpretations off of that's extremely encrypted but like any religion can't present itself to be a currency like another advantage of cryptocurrency over let there be currencies fiat currencies which are um it's basically any currency that you outsource to some other entity besides yourself, you're, you are relinquishing ownership to them. And also, they are doing something secretive where they don't put out what the price of their product is, like the price of their currency. Like there's no number on a screen anywhere for US dollars that tells you what you're gaining or losing as time goes on with the dollar for owning it. You are completely in the dark about that, and that's because you don't have any ownership of it. So somebody else does. Um, this is this is proof of what uh, that cryptocurrency is more out in the open about things. They're not hiding behind anything. You know that that's true about a currency that tells you up front it's oh this is an encrypted form of money. There, it's going in the direction of not not being hidden actually by alerting you to that money in all of its forms is, is encrypted, including fiat. It's just fiat doesn't tell you, but what proof to you that they uh, don't tell you that is that dollars aren't on a screen, but it's like the Christian church isn't reduced to a number on a screen that's going up and down either. That's because if it started to go down, they can't, them or any church, the, the Buddhist church, whatever, Buddhism can't be reduced to like a stock or anything because if it started to go down that would make them look bad and every religion everywhere has to look good at every single moment. They can't look like if the stock is going to down going down before it goes back up again or whatever. It can't look bad. It's basically the same with the US dollar. The US dollar is going to prevent anybody from seeing it as negative at any point. You know this is true because nobody has the ability to perceive the U.S. dollar to be negative because they're, they're not honest about whether its value is going up or down. Um, not that they're like intentionally dishonest, but the function of it doesn't allow for that because it's not, it's not new or it's not better. A better currency tells, lets everybody know what they're gaining or losing the second it's happening, and that's what you get with uh, cryptocurrencies. That's an important function is that it simplifies it to what you see, what the value of it is. Um, yeah, I talked about my dog. I got rid of my dog. He, I think that ultimately I just don't believe in, I don't believe in the species. I think it's the case trying to explain why I maligned dogs and my dog so much. I think it has to do with that. I particularly, I maybe particularly hate dogs, that species, um, 
because they're posers. Just to summarize the dog arc, or whatever. This is a collection of arcs that I'm that I'm completing now in this episode. Not exactly, not really. I was gonna end the arc by making an episode called Dogs, where I just lit lit up dogs, uh, tore them a new asshole, dogs themselves. But um, I think I don't I don't believe dogs. I'm I'm cynical, but like dog cynic as a word the origins of it mean dog-like behavior but that's not that doesn't build my basis for how i feel about dogs just like coincidentally i find dogs to be kind of cynical and judgmental at least my dog was not all of them i like dogs if i don't own it um but my dog was is just pretending to be something that he's not all the time he's just making poses if somebody comes over he's just like puts on a show or whatever and the way that i saw it is that if this was a person, I would never want to hang out with this person because they're just concerned with appearances. But I think that that's a lot of dogs, maybe all of them, is that they're so concerned with appearances. This is what brings them into pop culture so much. Um, because the animal that you see on the news the most is dogs that they run stories about. The animal in your YouTube algorithm that people are making funny videos about or anywhere, TikTok, are dogs. Dogs have a... Ma strange mastery over visibility being visible like um just the fact it's factual because they better than any other species they've ingratiated themselves with humans um in order to appear in front of humans but it's like humans humans are more concerned with appearances than dogs but dogs is like the second most concerned with appearances species and they uh they appear a lot they have some sort of mastery over visibility, but I think this this makes them superficial, like endlessly. Like there's this dog in my apartment complex that will come out and bark at me whenever I go to my car. And the look on this dog's face is like, he couldn't give a fuck that he's barking at me. I, I really think he's just doing it because his owners don't want him to bark and tell him not to bark all the time. And he's just trying to piss them off or gain some sort of dominance over his owners um to to do it like dogs are always doing what you tell them not to do like no matter what but it's just like they're not nice i don't think i think they just like to fuck with their owners and try to be like possessive like you you tell me not to do this well i'm going to do it anyway because it's basically i i own you you i uh you give me all of my food or whatever like the dog doesn't care about me like maybe he wants to look more threatening to me but i think it's just so his family hears it that's the way that i look at dogs i think they're pretenders and i don't believe it i don't believe in that faith i think that it is a faith that you have to have that dogs love you and i don't know that they i mean whatever they're but uh, just some anti-dog material right at the end. But um, let's see if is that what, all that I was going to say. Basically, yeah. Um, thank you for listening. If you would please uh, buy.
buy these NFTs when they come out. I will release them. I believe I'll, I'll release all of them in the coming weeks. And once I release the three of them, then the podcast is essentially done. Unless it so happens that in the future, it's like the value of them is dependent on other, if I become more successful with projects I make in the future, um, raise awareness for my own celebrity, then, um, people might buy it or whatever, but, uh, otherwise it's just a Patreon that you're giving money away to. Um, yeah. So if you want to, if you want to buy any of them, that's cool. I'd appreciate it. And, uh, you'll hear from me in the future. And, uh, if you follow me on, I'll release my, when I start Twitch streaming more on, uh, whatever, like Facebook or anywhere. So you'll know that I'm starting up again, but I'll probably start doing that right away. And, um, so, uh, thanks for listening. The Currency Podcast is... Uh, a live podcast shot in front of pieces of furniture and a dog during the course of its run. The episode Fiat slash Crypto last, lasted um, or is as long as an hour and 15 minutes and 21 seconds plus however long it takes for me to say the rest of the sentence. This um, and then anything else I say after that, this ends the program of the Currency Podcast. Thank you. Goodbye.